Okay, here we go. The Pan and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch your radio dial. The Pan and Maggie Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. Welcome to the Pan and Mikey Show. This is your announcer, Peter Puller speaking. Episode 50 of the Planet Mikey podcast is brought to you by Leonard Hair Transplant Associates. Call 1-800-GET-HAIR for the very best in permanent hair restoration with Dr. Robert Leonard and Dr. Matthew Lepresti. Visit HairDR.com. Also, Joe Fish Seafood Restaurants in North Andover and North Reading. The best and freshest seafood, (laughs) no bones about it. And my grandma's coffee cake, nationally known but baked locally. The world's best coffee cake, shipped fresh to you at MyGrandma.com. And now we welcome associate producer, former WEI Big Shot Afternoon producer, and current lackadaisical ne'er-do-well Gen X millennial, whose main gig is downloading oddball porn. He's the co-host of the Blah Blah and Kitchen Show on WEI-FM Providence, Ben Kitchen. And the grandmaster of mastering, the legendary man of a thousand buttons, the single most influential man in the intercom commercial production food chain, a man who actually met Elvis, and we thank him for his service, Vietnam vet and longtime Boston radio legend, Bill Smitty Man Smith. Thank Thank you so much. Live and on tape, from the secret hideout known as the Pelham Island Studio, it's time for Mikey Adams, 19 radio jobs, 6 TV jobs, and only 2 arrests. Here's Mikey! Where'd that asshole come from? (laughs) What was his name? Peter Puller. Peter Puller. We pay him union scale. He should sound good, right? Well, yeah. For that kind of money? That was rather professional. Oh! Uh, we'd like to start tonight's first podcast by telling you, first, we're going to have a very special guest coming up in just moments, so hang loose. Very, very special guest, okay? All the way from Los Angeles, California. Wow. Ben, how are you? Very good, Mikey. How are you? I heard your uh, radio show the other day. You did? Yeah. Thank w- you. It was the highlight of my day. Cool. Oh. Yeah, I was going to a funeral, so you can well imagine. Whew! <laughs> no, I'm serious. Boy. Uh, I've compiled a list of the top ten condom slogans. I want to get those out of the way quickly because oh. people can use these. You ready? It's useful information. That is a very awkward transition. It's <laughs> like a public service. Oh, transitions are overrated. Hey, you, know, ask you have any, a good radio show. Let me talk about some condoms. Ask Bruce Jenner if transitions are overrated. <laughs> Cover your stump before you hump. Mm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Before you attack her, wrap your whacker. <laughs> 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 I didn't write this shit. <laughs> Where did you get this? Don't he, didn't, be, he didn't write it. He copied and pasted Don't it. be silly. Protect your willy. Uh, when in doubt, shroud your spout. Hmm, shroud. Don't be a loner. Cover your... Boner. Like Fred Merkel didn't. You can't go wrong if you shield your dong. If, you, if you're not going to sack it, go home and whack it. If you think she's spunky, cover your monkey. And last but not least, if you go into heat, package your meat. <laughs> Do you have any that's that's a, good life advice? You could use those on the blah blah and kitchen show. Thanks for ripping them up yeah, well, and giving them to tape me. it back together. That's all. Do you have any of those that uh, you've made up on your own? No, no, no. Especially in December, 
gift wrap. You're a member. Hey, there's Ben. Oh, there you go. All right, so now <laughs> some of these are funny you didn't read. Why didn't you read the funny ones? I forgot to mention betonline.ag is one of our sponsors. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, we we do this for a reason. I have picks you, that I do every week. Did you forget or just remember? No, I, I knew I, I was going to do it later in the show. Yeah. But since we're now later into the show. How did you do this week, by the way? That's the problem. Yeah. I didn't do well, and here's why. I, I did the six pick, you know, bet, bet 100, win 600. You were rather boasting about that last week. <laughs> well, that's because I won well, last week. <laughs> well, okay. This week, yeah, oh, San Francisco won. That's no problem. The Bills, yeah, Seattle, sure, no problem. And so did Dallas. Four out of six I got right. But here's what I got wrong. The New England Patriots, they, as you know, as we all know, they lost. And that really hurt me. It hurt me in many ways. In fact, I couldn't sleep. It took me four days to get back to sleep. The other game that screwed me was the overrated Aaron Rodgers show. First of all, on the road, the Green Bay Packers suck. Secondly, they can't stop the run. They're the worst team. When was the last time they could stop the run? When Bart Starr was playing? Awful. So I lost, okay? But that's the that's what betting is. You win some, you lose some. If you're smarter than uh, most, then you'll win more than than most. And if you're stupider than most, you won't you'll lose more. You know what I'm saying? Now when we spoke on the phone prior to the game, I asked you, "Hey, Mikey, what's it going to be?" And you said, "Do you remember?" Yeah. 27-21 New England. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, but I you know, who could have predicted what happened out there on that field yeah. the the defense suddenly didn't look like the boogeymen and the offense was terrible except for uh, what's his name? Sanu Mohammed, Mohammed Sanu, or yeah. Mo, Ca- as Tom calls him, Mo Sanu, <laughs> Mo Sanu sounds Mo like Mo Sanu. Uh, BetOnline.ag is uh, hey. By the way, football and basketball and hockey season are all going down. The baseball season's over. Baseball's tough to bet anyway, yeah. so that's good. But you got all those other three sports that you can uh, get involved with. You sign up and receive your fifty percent Ben Kitchen bonus. We call it. It's actually a welcome bonus on your first deposit, and you can bet college, football, it doesn't matter, basketball, it's all going on, baby. So you go to betonline.ag, and you enter this code. CLNS50. What is it again, Ben? CLNS50. And you get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you put in, you know, 500, you get 250 of free. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, <laughs> so here we are on episode 50. Can you believe this? 5-0. CLNS 50. 5 0. Look at yeah. that. Now there's a tie in, huh? Right. Yeah. 50. Yeah. CLNS. Uh, CLNS 50. 50. Or Clinus 50, if you want to, you know. Uh, so, what, who do we have for a special guest? Well, I'm going to tell you in just a second, but let me tell you, it's a special guest because it's crime time. Oh. I can sing with this song. With no fire on your head. No. Don't do it. No, no. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. I tell you, I met Sammy Davis Jr. Man. Uh, at a golf tournament in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. 1986, maybe? It's before he died. Clearly, <laughs> I'd hope. Out of East. Oh, man, and I mean this. How many times did you just take a one step left to get out of his peripheral vision? Well, that's not too hard to do. You know, that's why the song is called Keep Your Eye on the Sparrow. He only not had eyes. one. Yeah, yeah so if it was anybody but Sammy Davis, he would sing keep, keep, keep Your Eyes on the Sparrow. 
Uh, but it's uh, One-Eyed Sammy uh, on Crime Time, Episode 50, the Planet Mikey Podcast. We welcome the one and only, my friend. And I, this is, I'm sad that she's no longer in Boston. It's Michelle McPhee. Michelle! Mikey Adams, my favorite guy on the planet. How and you- listen, Boston is always in my blood. I still have my little EC joint. But what? <laughs> but why do you? Why do you go to LA? I mean, here it's foggy right now, but out there it's smoggy every day, isn't it? Why, why'd you move there? Um, well, you know, I'm I'm breaking into Hollywood. Um, I am aspiring to become some sort of Hollywood big shot. <laughs> yeah. And I am working on an HBO pilot about MS-13. Oh, that's good news. Oh, we got so many things to ask you about here, uh, but I want okay, to go e- for it. explain to everybody in our audience for those that don't know. Michelle McPhee is truly one of the great investigative reporters. She's been on the Globe, the Herald, New York Daily News. She was on TKK back in the day, RKO, ABC News, Channel 5 in Boston. She's from Eastie, so she automatically knows more about crime than anybody else. (laughs) True that. Michelle McPhee, who now, sadly for those of us who love her, lives in Los Angeles, California. Michelle, um... First of all, congratulations on all your book activity. You've had a lot of it. Thank you. Yeah, Maximum Harm is going to be republished, which you know I'm obsessed with that story That's about the, the Boston Marathon bombers. Yeah, Sarnayev twins there. The Zanayev, the Zanayev brothers. And, you know, my book, I think very accurately, points out that Tamlin Zanayev was an asset for the federal government. Yeah. And while I'm not blaming anyone for the bombs that those two scum bags can we say scumbags on a podcast you, you can I call them can. you can call them assholes on this podcast because it's a podcast like, can we say fucking scumbags because they are <laughs> Go, yeah. really really are <laughs> okay so they really are but i'm not blaming anyone for what those two guys did they made a decision to detonate two bombs at the finish line of the boston marathon but there was a, a backstory to what led those brothers down boylston street that for inexplicable reasons everyone is ignoring and that is the fbi had extended contact with Tamlin's knife before the bombs went off, and that his uncle, their uncle, uh, Ruslan Sarni, had extensive contacts with the CIA, including being married to the daughter of a high-ranking CIA official. If we start looking into how the Zarnayev clan got into the country, it points back to Graham Fuller, who is a CIA official. Um, their uncle was married to Graham Fuller's daughter, Samantha, yeah. and the entire family got asylum via Ankara, Turkey, which is coincidentally or not, Graham Fuller was the CIA station chief. And then they move into a rent-stabilized apartment in a matter of, of weeks. Right. And that rent-stabilized apartment was owned by a KGB defector. Oh, Jesus. And what a, what a, what a web. Now, they, they, they were on the dole, too. We were paying for them, basically, to be here. But, but you're saying the door was opened by uh, the CIA, the FBI? The door was opened by the CIA. Wow. That's just yeah, all- and then he was working as an asset. And this is, look at, this isn't the stuff of conspiracy theories. I'm not, I'm not you know, walking around L.A. with a tinfoil hat. I haven't gone that crazy. No, no, no. Everything in my book is annotated and documented. It's so mag- now Charles Ferguson, who won an Oscar for Inside Job, is doing a documentary with me on this. And we're republishing the book. Maximum Harm is going to come out. And is there, is there any updates or is it going to be just a republish? Oh, it's all updates. Yeah. I mean, today. Yeah, yeah. Today. His defense attorneys filed some documentation about the still unsolved. Remember that bizarre triple murder in Waltham where the three guys got beheaded? Oh, yeah, yeah. They were, well, Tamlin's and I, we now know for a fact, according to Jahar, the Marathon Bomber's own lawyers, Jah- Tamerlan did that murder with another Chechen. 
and for some inexplicable reason was never considered a suspect. Michelle, do you ever now, think? Might, do you think he's go ever going to get? I mean, he, he got the death penalty, but do you think he's ever going to die, or is this going to go on and on and on like it seems this to is these go on days? Forever, which is exactly what the Martin Richard family was afraid of, is that they would be they would constantly be, you know, subjected to this guy's endless appeals, and it would have been easier to just let him rot yeah. at the ADX Supermax for the rest of his life right. without. I mean, to think this this appeal is so expensive that the U.S. District Court judge sealed. The amount of money they're spending right now to save his life. They sealed it. We can't even get it. This killer, this killer guy who, you know, I read somewhere. Terrorist. That terrorist killer. The, uh, I think the guy that killed uh, William McKinley was, uh, was executed two and a half weeks after he shot McKinley, I think. Two and a half weeks. Now think about in, in that. that amazing? In, in today's terms, somebody kills all those people, tries to, and uh, terrorist bombing and so on and so forth. And when we got to wait in years and years and years and, and the families have to suffer through it again and again, Michelle. It's terrible. But anyhow, there's a lot of good information in that book, and I highly recommend everyone in Boston should take a look at the real circumstances. Maximum harm. Michelle McPhee is like an expert on crime stuff, and, and this and I'm infatuated with crime. Not not the little stuff, you know, and not so much shoplifting, Michelle, but the big stuff, you know, the, the headline. Well, listen, you don't do anything small, Mikey. Come on. <laughs> Did you read that on the bathroom wall somewhere, I hope? <laughs> it was right next to your phone number. Oh, that's great. Now, there's... Unfortunately, it was at the Ramrod, but don't worry. <laughs> The things you see when you don't have a can of spray paint, huh? Um, That's right. Michelle, what about the – let's talk now because there's so many so many topics. I want to get into this one thing, though, before uh, we ask about Jeffrey Epstein, which we're going to do. But the Aaron Hernandez story, you were so far ahead of the curve on that story. You I remember had, how destroyed I got that the Globe wrote stories about how I was a moron and didn't know what yeah, I was talking about? Because you uncovered the fact that he was gay. Chad Finn, who I despise, that guy would constantly attack me on the air. And he didn't. And here's the difference, Chad. You have zero sources. And I had police sources. And I don't care, any, I don't care if he slept with donkeys. The bottom line is, is his sexuality contributed to the motive of the murder, which is the only reason why it's relevant. But instead, the Globe took on this narrative that I was yeah. some sort of homophobe that outed him, and he committed suicide two days later. Yeah, just the which facts. Is absurd. Everybody knew it. Just the facts. I, I had a call from a guy who says, it's one of my sources, and I only have three, <laughs> who said that he heard from somebody close to the Patriots that there was an incident between Aaron Hernandez and Wes Welker, and that, that Aaron Hernandez allegedly, according to this guy, held a knife to the throat of Wes Welker, and that's why Wes Welker wanted out of Dodge and didn't want to be on the Patriots anymore. Do you hear about, ever um, hear about that? I knew for a fact that Wes Welker despised Hernandez and they had some sort of beef. I didn't hear anything about the knife, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And remember, Wes Welker is kind of a patriot. Like, he doesn't want to put up with these gang-banging, drug-addled losers. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Wes, Wes, Wes is a tough guy. Plus, he goes to Dr. Robert Leonard and gets his hair done like I do. Just Actually, like I love me. that. <laughs> he, I love that. He had his now, well, You know, Wes, Wes Welker is one of us. He's like a real guy. Do you think he's going to put up with this low life? Right. Well, the Aaron Hernandez story, I mean, you did take a lot of heat for that. And it was totally A unfair. lot of heat. I got death threats. I had to move out of the country. Remember, I moved to Italy for two months because so many people were tweeting at me. They were going to kill my family. They were going to hurt my niece. Oh, man. People were showing up at my house. I had to take my name out of the buzzer on my condo building. Oh, because man. Because there were so many people threatening me at my own home. I've written about ISIS, the mafia, gangbangers, hell's angels. True. This has never happened to me before in my life. The most danger I've ever been in was from Patriots fans who believed the Globe narrative that I made this up and caused that guy to die. 
Wow. And you tell you, you're standing in the heat, though. You can take it. You, you have an LTC, I hope? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to confirm or deny. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be your but bodyguard. But what I will say is that, look, <laughs> I, I am, I'm about facts. I think you know that about me. You've known me for a long time. We've been yeah. friends for a long time. I mean, it's facts. And facts are very stubborn things. And even if it doesn't fit someone's, you know, idea of what the facts should be, the bottom line is there are facts. And one of the first things that detectives noticed about Aaron Hernandez is that he had been in a long-term romantic relationship with a guy he went to high school with. And there were tons of texting. And you can imagine what kind of sex messages were going back and forth between Hernandez and his longtime partner from high school. But this was one of the first things they looked at is what's up with the relationship with this guy? And once they questioned Aaron Hernandez, yeah. Hernandez moved all of his money around and he gave the biggest pocket of this money, the biggest pile to his longtime boyfriend. Uh, out of all the money he split, he had the wife of the child and, and he had the lawyers and all. They, so this guy got the and biggest pile went to that guy. And you know who, who visited him the most in prison? Not the girlfriend, not the baby's mother, but the guy. Yeah. So the cops knew that that there was um, an altercation between Odin Lloyd and Aaron Hernandez. And Hernandez, whether he imagined it, real or imagined, he thought that Odin Lloyd made a derogatory remark about being gay to him on a Friday night when they're all partying downtown Boston. The next night, they picked him up and killed him. And remember, Odin Lloyd was the boyfriend of his future sister-in-law. They were all supposed to go to brunch the very next day for Father's Day, and no one shows up. And and this donkey is walking around his own house with the gun that he just used to shoot Old Lloyd in the back. Man. By the way, just so everybody that's listening south of the border knows, a donkey is like a burro. It's the same as a burro. Okay, it's like that, a moron. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Michelle McPhee. Now, his death in prison, suicide, we had Jeffrey Epstein, who allegedly... Killed himself in prison. That was the official story we got uh, over and over again from everybody. They were trying to figure out. You know, out... I never, ever believed. That's no, absolute nonsense. Hard to believe it with all the connections and the, and the uh, you know, obviously the dark side of that of that story is as dark as it gets, Michelle, right? Well, listen, you know, I'm doing a project right now with John Gotti Jr., who spent a large amount of his adult life in that prison. And he told me it's impossible for the circumstances that we were told were swirling around Epstein's death to have gone off. It's just simply impossible. And there's a big difference between what happened when Hernandez committed suicide. You might recall he barricaded the doors from the inside so mm-hmm. no one could get in. Right. He, he blocked them. Um, and then he killed himself. Epstein's cell door was wide open. Then they have this, like, part-time guard working that night, a.k.a. Blackwater, some might argue. <laughs> Right. But you have somebody in there that, that no one's ever seen before that's like, I've never even heard of a part-time Federal Bureau of Prisons employee, and I've been covering, you know, Fed BOP for years. Right. It's all never full-time gigs. they had part-timers. Yeah. Of course. It's ridiculous. It's a union. They don't have part-timers. Right. It's temporary. It's so the whole story is absurd. It's a rent-a-cop. And then, exactly. <laughs> you have like a, you know, you have like a mall cop sitting in on Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> on the most secure wing of the entire secure prison. Give me a break. Right. What about the video? It's though? just was... about as vid- believable as Whitey Bulger being wheeled in to a room full of his enemies. Well, that's they another have... one. Now, the, sa- the least safe place for anyone to be is in prison because it's easy to get you and cap you or, or pop you, you know, end your life right? with all these guys. I mean, I mean, come on. That, even the Whitey thing is as absurd as Epstein. A year later, they still don't know who did it. There's cameras all over the prison. I thought it was that mobster from Springfield, wasn't it? 
He's never been charged. No. Raises a big question. I mean, he was there, but it, listen, there are committees in the Federal Bureau of Prison System that's, that sit around and say, okay, we're not going to put Mikey Adams with McPhee because they're friends. They right. might team up and, you know, kill Chad Finn at the Globe, right? You never know what could happen. <laughs> so they would, you know, they would intentionally keep, they, they have committees that make sure that they don't put people into prison facilities, even when they're not 91 years old and in a wheelchair wearing diapers, right? Right, right. So this doesn't happen. And then he goes in there and he's in there with Paul Wiedek, who was Frank Lemmy's co-defendant. And then what a shocking coincidence. One of the original Code of Silence bank robbers is in there. And so is this, you know, wise guy from Springfield who hated rats. And And he had just gotten there, right? He just went to that prison. He was there for less than four hours. You don't even go into General Pop without 24 hours in a hole. Man, that is that is just. And remember, he was talking about the top echelon informant program. Very controversial that Bob Mueller happened to have a very big part in. Man, this is oh, this is a freak. You know, you, this is why people buy your books. This is why you got to keep writing them because you're digging, digging, digging all the time in these crime stories, and I absolutely love it. But this is almost like a well, of course, Whitey Bulger. You Bulls can't even make it up. Of course, Aaron Hernandez committed suicide. Of course, Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. Of course, Lee Harvey Oswald got killed while he was in the Dallas Police Protection. I mean, this is like insanely uh, easy to 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 have a conspiracy theory about. Right. But the difference between the stuff I say right now is I have backup between sources, court documents, testimony. Like, this isn't the stuff of conspiracy theory. I don't say it until I know it. I didn't say that Aaron Hernandez was gay and that was the motive for the murder until I knew it. And I knew it from long-term sources. And I confirmed it with people on his own defense team. That's because you do your fucking homework, Michelle, and that's what I love about you. See, I love you too, Mikey. But that's what people don't do anymore. And that's why, you know, it's really sad to see investigative journalism die. I mean, look, it, there's even a lot more to this big poppy story, as much as we all love him. And he's a hero. And I'm among the people who love him. Are we really expected to believe that that guy was not the intended target? And we're supposed to believe the John Henry narrative about the story? It's nonsense. You know, uh, I, I just want to take a moment here to congratulate you on episode five of City on a Hill. Oh, thank you. Michelle that is now. That was a good now... way to interrupt that, that conversation. Sorry. <laughs> no. Michelle <laughs> is, is also a screenwriter. Uh, City on the Hill, we've all heard about Boston based from the 90s uh, uh, crime related uh, uh, series. Michelle wrote episode five. And, uh, that, and how, how did it do? Pretty well? It did great. I mean, I love the show. I'm coming back for season two good. as the Boston credibility consultant. And then they need but that. you know how seriously we take that. Um, you know, I don't know if you noticed in episode five, there was a there was a new character introduced and she just happened to be a hard scrabble, big mouth reporter with big 80s hair and leather jackets and high heel boots. Yeah, I wonder who that could have been. I wonder. <laughs> so, and then isn't isn't it funny that possibly an FBI agent tossed her down a flight of stairs? <laughs> there was a lot of inside baseball in that episode. Episode five. But you, you see, watch the whole group of them. Watch them in order. But don't forget episode five, and, and that's Michelle's. And it will... will it was uh, so much fun, Mikey. And this is what I want to do. Listen, why do I need to be in the center of controversy all the time and be subjected to death threats and, and absolute nonsense and, and constant chaos when I can take the real-life stories I've spent decades covering and right. turn them into... You know, fictional series. Right. That's what I want to do right now with my HBO coverage. 
You can tell I mean, my MS-13 coverage if, to HBO. If they ever need anybody, where, where are you right now? <laughs> Sirens go by. What are you doing I mean, now? I'm, Co- honestly, I'm standing in Hollywood at Hollywood and Vine with a clear view of Capitol Records, the famous building. If you need any bad guys cast, I have the badass face. You haven't seen me in a little while, but I, I'm telling you what. You need a bad guy, you tell him. I want to talk to casting. Angela Perry. So, uh, Angela Perry is the woman. She is your girl. <laughs> she she hooked us up big time. She did all the casting in Boston for us. Because I've never. So, Really I mean, we'll hook you up with Angela. I haven't been in any movies except for that one porn movie, and that was that was like, yeah, I was very young, and you know, I don't. Oh, know that you, was you. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it. It was uh, it was romancing the bone. Did yes. you see that? I, I was um, the, the lead role in that. It's pretty good. I, pretty good. I'm gonna have to spread the word on that one. <laughs> All right, now in this town of Boston, Boston, as Dana Hersey used to say, in Boston. Uh, Boston. Actually, Suffolk- oh my God! I, you just brought me way back to the movie loft. <laughs> the TV thirty eight movie loft with Dana Hersey. Uh, Rachel Rollins is the uh, DA, and she's been under a lot of fire uh, for just dis- kind of redistributing what the punishments will be for a lot of crimes in in Suffolk County. Have you heard about all that? I mean, it is absolutely insane what's going on over there. Look, you know, I understand this idea that we, we don't need to lock up every single solitary person for minor drug offenses. I think we can all agree that, that those those uh, sentences are old and antiquated. But there's a big – listen, there was a little girl named Blanca Leanas, and I've been asking the Suffolk County DA's office about this case for months. Yeah. But there was a little girl who was brutally murdered. She was found in the garage of 18th Street gangbangers. And Blanca had been dating one of the MS-13 guys in my story, in my upcoming book on MS-13, yep. a guy named Crazy. Crazy gets swept up in this big sweep, and now she has no place to live. So she is spotted in the park, very close to my house, talking to a fellow Salvadoran who just happened to be in 18th Street. Mm-hmm. Crazy, well, I should stop right there, but I'm going to say somebody decided that Blanca should die for that. Two of her classmates from East Boston High School, I mean, brutally, savagely killed this girl, bashed her face in with a propane tank and stabbed her. They lured her to her death, and it was a horrible crime. And it happened years ago. And her two killers were young, unaccompanied alien children, and they were arrested. But no one can tell me where they are. And they haven't been brought to trial yet. What happened to the the original guy, Crazy? Crazy's in federal prison. Oh, okay. He's doing life. He's never getting out. Yeah. But the two kids who actually killed Blanca are still out there. No one can tell me where they are. They know, but here's the thing, Mikey. They were arrested. But remember, when the DA said that they were going to wipe out their contract with ICE and and no longer cooperate with ICE and hold some of those prisoners, I have to wonder aloud if anybody was let go. And now they can't find them. The Sanctuary City thing, as it applies particularly to uh, MS-13 members, has got to be a big part of your book. Because, I mean... The MS-13 thing is, is beyond frightening because it so envelops in individual communities. And they're not just at the border. They're all over America. Listen, here's the terrifying thing about, about these kids is they truly are victims all the way around. A lot of these young killers I'm writing about were forced into the gang. Their, their parents did everything to get them away from the gangs in the Northern Triangle of Central America. Mm-hmm. They spent thousands of dollars to coyotes to get the kids away from the gangs. What they didn't anticipate is that MS-13 is so sophisticated, they have recruiters that are waiting for them in the cafeterias of East Boston High School, Chelsea High School, Everett High School, Revere High School, Lawrence High School. There are known recruiters who force these kids to get into the gang. 
And most of them are reluctant, but they have no choice. I There's one kid who said, no, 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 no. Well, then one of the recruiters from MS sat down next to him with a picture of his mother who was still in El Salvador tied to a chair. You sure you don't want to join us? Right. That kid became animal, the most prolific killer in a certain clique. Oh, my God. See, that's the psychosis behind all this. Is you, you know, When you force somebody to do something, then they're prisoners, and then they're, they're, it's their only way out. It's the only way to be free is to do what they say. This is... So a lot of these kids are horrible killers, and I'm not defending that, but a lot of them, the, the problem is that no one wants to acknowledge the existence of MS-13, which means that these kids have no place to turn. What's they the... go to their guidance counselors. The guidance counselors is like, there's no such thing as MS-13. Right, right. Yeah, sure. And then the ACLU, <laughs> you might recall, remember last year when the ACLU got into the big public brawl with um, Commissioner Gross, who was the best ranking. I mean, that guy is probably one of the, listen, I like all of our police commissions. I love Billy Evans. I love Dead Davis. Um, you know, but Willie Gross is like a rank and file guy. He's yeah. from the projects. He knows what's up. And he and the ACLU got into that public war where he called them paper warriors because the ACLU successfully shut down the only thing that was working. And that is the Boston Regional Intelligence Center's gang database. It kept tabs on the recruiters so the school officials could make sure they weren't trying to coerce or intimidate these kids into joining MS-13. But then they forced the city to wipe out the database so we have to stop from ground zero. Start all over from again. the beginning, and, you know. And ice, so can't, dumb. ice can't do anything because the cities are, are closing them off. Uh, we well, that's you, you real, I, real, I just sent another email. I'm like, I'm very suspicious of where these young killers are that that brutally yeah. murdered this little girl. Now, what is the book on MS13 called? Operation Mean Streets. It'll be out next year. I, okay, well, that's one we're not going to we're not going to be able to wait for. I got I got to get. Can we use? I want you to get that one right away because <laughs> I can. I love. First of all, I I love the stuff you cover, I, and I'm I'm in, intrigued by. It. My dad was in the FBI for three years. He worked for J. Edgar Hoover. I didn't know that. Yeah, can you believe that? Why did he quit the FBI? Well, when I was born, he said I'm going to have to spend some time with this kid. <laughs> no, but he <laughs> uh, he went into the uh, defense industry. But Michelle has written. Which is smart. Mob Over Miami, True Story of Neil Entwistle, When Evil Rules, A Date with Death, Craigslist Killer, A Mob Story of Professor's Rage, Maximum Harm, and the new one's coming out. Once again, the name is going to be? Operation Mean Streets. Operation Mean Streets. You know, I got, one, I got another crime i got to ask you about, and this one's very, very fresh. Uh, this is the, what, what happened in Mexico yesterday. Oh, uh, what a horrible thing. But it turns out even I, somebody just sent me photos yeah. One of my um, police sources just sent me photos, and I wish he hadn't. Of the vehicle? Because what happened to these children oh. is beyond words. I'm going to have nightmares about these poor kids for the rest of my life. Three women and six children just just brutally murdered, and they, they say it was Mexican drug cartel, and these women were Mormons that were just touring somewhere or something? Well, there's a little bit more to the story, as there always is. My sources say that these women were connected. Do you remember that weird sex cult in upstate New York? Do I remember it? I think I was the president. No, you might, might have been in it. But <laughs> <laughs> do you have? Do you make women brand your brand on their bodies? Do you have it like no. at the ready at the? I at let the best women. Side? I let women totally rule my life. Yeah. Well, there you go. So this. So there, there might be more to it. Um, yeah. This is a group of Mormons who who have lived in Mexico. I think it's called Labora for generations, and they and they moved there because they could escape. America's polygamy laws. I see. So, obviously, there's more to the story, and some of my sources say that they may have had ties to the drug cartels, and and I guess I'm sure it was an uneasy alliance that they had to forge to live there, and it was also 
of one guy said to me, and this is a quote, it was easy money. And so they, obviously these people got wrapped up in the wrong thing. That was a, that's a terrible story because it's the kids. The kids always get you. You know, when you get those involved in a, in a first of all, didn't they torch the vehicles and, and it was all shot? The vehicles were all shot up too. It was like God. It was just it's it's unimaginable what happened to these poor kids. Oh, unbelievable brutality! Michelle McPhee has been our guest from from the uh, City of Angels, Los Angeles, California. She's an Eastie, and she's the best at what she does. Well, I. I can't wait to see you when you come back. When you come back, Michelle. Yep. Will you come in live and come in the studio here? Oh, are you kidding me? I would love it. I come in with cannolis. How's that? <laughs> he can come too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so and so we, that's cojones. And I just, I just found out you're, you're Italian. I thought McPhee was Irish. I'm half and half, yep. That's the perfect blend, hon. Hey, thanks for, right. for being on the show with us. You're thanks the best. Thanks for having me, Mikey. You're oh, the best. Bye, guys. T- talk Thank to you, you soon. Now, um, you know, musically, we all know that that's Sammy Davis Jr., right? No one did a better Sammy Davis Jr. than Billy Crystal. <laughs> and I mean that, babe. I really do. Now, I do. I mean that. <clears throat> but I have a, 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 an impersonation that I do, <clears throat> and it's Joe Castiglione. Uh, are you ready for this? No, you're not. We have to see what, what's the name of the song he's doing my, this time? Can't take my eyes off of we you. We gotta see if Joe's up in the booth. Hold on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Turn on we, we do this every time. Hey Joe, it's time for the song. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Can't find my headphones. You okay? Yeah, I've had some constipation, but other than that, I'm pretty good. Okay. I'm backed up. Here comes the song. I'm all bound up in my bowels. This is from Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. It's a good one. Thanks, Joe. You might remember it. Uh, they used it in the movie The Deer Hunter in the pool hall. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. You'd be like heaven to touch. I want to hold you so much. At long last, love has arrived. And I thank God I'm alive. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of your thighs. Pardon the way that I stare, but you have no pubic hair. You leaves me weak. <laughs> Are you okay, Joe? <laughs> if you feel like I feel, yeah. that's terrible. Please let me know that it's real. <laughs> You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Oh, Joe. Right, this is where it gets good. It kind of cranks up a little bit here. You're going to love this. <laughs> Hold on. Let me clear my throat. How I felt when I first saw Bob Zupsik's yellow toenails in the locker room. Hey, I love you, baby. And if it's quite all right, I need you, baby. 
to warm a lonely night. I love you, baby. Trust in me when I say, squeeze it, baby.